0: Good afternoon. Um, Today, I'm very pleased to have uh, Professor uh, Sitka Radke. She's a professor of um, medical oncology in the Department of uh, Genital Urinary uh, Section Mm -hmm. at MD Anderson. Thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: Great. Um, so uh, two of the most uh, expected uh, studies have, have been presented at the, the ASCO mm-hmm. this year uh, were regarding uh, Adafitilib And you are uh, the main um, author of these two studies, mm-hmm. the Thor study and the Norse study. Uh, please, can we just start to talk about the Norse Study that you have presented. Uh, so um, it's a phase two study, right? Can you explain us the the, the rationale behind the edofitinib and in which uh, field uh, that was that was um, designed?
1: So this clinical trial was designed to study the combination of ertifitinib, the FGF 1 through 4 inhibitor, in combination with citrilamab, a PD-1 inhibitor, in patients with metastatic cisplatin-ineligible urothelial tumors. And it was designed for the frontline setting. The rationale behind this is the long-standing knowledge that FGFR3 alterations have been associated with an immunologically cold tumor microenvironment. So the idea behind it was to combine these two agents in the hopes that the ertafitinib would result in a tumor microenvironment that was more sensitive or potentially have additional effects when combined with that immune checkpoint inhibitor.
0: Great. So um, basically, you you tried it. What was the design of this? Uh, We were in first line, right? Um, Mm This is what was the the expectation you had and what are the main results you, you can get pick up from it?
1: The trial was designed as a randomized yet non-comparative cohort trial. It's a similar design as to what was used with the infortimab vedotin pembrolizumab data, comparing it, well, not comparing it, actually, as you might say, with um, infortimab alone. In this clinical trial, we randomized approximately 45 patients in each arm, in patients who met the typical cisplatin ineligibility criteria. The majority of patients did not meet criteria for cisplatin Mm -hmm. due to poor GFR. That was around 60 to 70% of patients, with additional patients having a poor performance status of 2, being hard of hearing with grade 2 hearing loss, or a grade 2 peripheral neuropathy. And of course, patients may have had more than one of these characteristics. Mm -hmm we enrolled about you know, about 20% to a third of patients did have a poor performance status, mm-hmm. which is a particularly challenging cohort of patients to it treat. Mm-hmm. We've seen other clinical trials like the LEAP clinical trial mm-hmm. in patients uh, with frontline cisplatin, ineligible tumors, have some challenges in continuing treatment in patients with poor performance status. So this clinical trial enrolled approximately 45 patients in each arm, and the results were indeed quite promising. We saw ertifitinib only having an objective response rate of around 45%, Mm -hmm. which is similar to results that were observed in previously treated bladder cancer patients. The combination had an objective response rate of around 55%, So 10% more. About 10% more. Mm -hmm. And we saw deeper and more durable responses in that group treated with the combination. We also saw that the responses occurred regardless of whether it was an FGF mutation or fusion, as there was some early data suggesting perhaps erdofitinib alone may not work as well in the fusion cohort Mm -hmm. of patients.
0: Okay. Uh, And you also have some data regarding the progression-free survival, right?
1: Yes. We also saw this translate to an improvement in progression-free survival compared to what was historically observed with a progression-free survival of Ertafitnib alone around five and a half months, Mm -hmm. which is similar to other clinical trials in the second-line space, whereas the combination had a progression-free survival of around 11 months. So twice. So nearly twice, yeah, over twice Mm -hmm. what was observed was single agent urtifitinib. And this also translated to an impact on survival with very promising survival. Urtifitinib around 16 months and the combination having a median overall survival of around 20.8 months which is heading into the realm of what has been observed with other targeted strategies in the frontline cisplatin ineligible Mm -hmm. space
0: so that's very interesting Uh, uh, thank you very much for for providing us these results Um, in your opinion what are what we have to look for right now um, do you think there is a room for erdafitinib alone in these settings, or should we have this combo with with Or uh, what do you what do you think we have to go? We, would we would you challenge with uh, the actual uh, standard of care in these eligible um, uh, patients that uh, have been already uh, proposed with Pembro and so? What do you mm-hmm. what do you what do you see for the next months? regarding these uh, this, uh, results?
1: So while this combination is quite challenging, it's also challenging to screen for patients for FGFR3 alterations. And that's why a non-targeted strategy is perhaps easier to achieve in the community. We we do have to screen thousands of patients to enroll to these FGF targeted trials. And we don't yet have data on how sequencing might impact patient outcomes. Will it be better to sequence with an ErtifitNib first or FGF targeted strategy or an Fordimab Vedatin? So we really don't have data to answer that question as of now. But I think it does provide an attractive option for patients who maybe have peripheral neuropathy okay. and would not be eligible for a microtubule targeting agent.
0: So right now we are back to, to discuss about the, the SOAR study. That was the second uh, biggest uh, randomized study presented in the late-breaking uh, um uh, session, so please uh, can you explain us uh in which field was the thoR uh, study trial uh, designed
1: So the thoR clinical trial is really the proof of concept trial mm-hmm. showing that urfit mid is better than standard of care therapy for the treatment of urethelial carcinoma. And as we're seeing from the results of this trial, ertafitinib is really here to stay as part of our armamentarium in treating urethelial cancer patients. The Thor clinical trial took patients who had metastatic, surgically unresectable urethelial tumors and who had prior treatment, so they must have had prior treatment
0: or at least one one line right for at
1: or least one line but multiple lines of therapy were allowed to mm-hmm. enroll mm-hmm. on this trial it can contain two separate cohorts one cohort for patients who had not received an immune checkpoint inhibitor mm-hmm. the second cohort were for patients who had received an immune checkpoint inhibitor and that's the cohort being presented mm-hmm. today all patients received prior immunotherapy with a PD-1 or pdl one inhibitor, mm-hmm. and they were randomized between ertafitinib only or single-agent taxane or vinflunine, mm-hmm. which is available in Europe. And the results hit on all three fronts. We saw an objective response rate and progression-free survival and overall survival that met statistical endpoints. The trial was designed with an overall survival endpoint. So that was the primary aim of the trial. And the trial proved a significant improvement in overall survival with erdifitinib coming in around 12 mm. months median overall survival compared to around seven months with single agent taxane or vinflunine, which is used in Europe.
0: What, do you, what was the, the result regarding adverse events and the use of, of erdifitinib?
1: We did see adverse events, but they were similar to what had been reported in other clinical trials of FGF-targeted therapy. We do see hyperphosphatemia, but the dosing of ertafitinib is uptitrated or increased, trying to achieve a target phosphorus level as we feel it may be a surrogate for inhibition of FGFR3. We also see hand-foot syndrome, dry eyes, Mm -hmm. dry mouth, or mucositis. One of the adverse events of special interest is central serous retinopathy. And patients were screened by having an ophthalmology visit at baseline, with visual exam and optical coherence tomography Mm -hmm. with monthly intervals for the first four months where they went back to the ophthalmologist to monitor for the development of this. And with this close monitoring, we observed about 20% of patients having central serous retinopathy. These were mostly reversible and patients were able to resume treatment with ertifitinib with a dose reduction. So it is a manageable toxicity and one that's been observed with other inhibitors of the MAP and metkinase pathways.
0: Very interesting. Uh, so basically, we, we have the proof concept that er- erdofitinib is, is a great drug that, that will uh, remain uh, in the next, in the mm-hmm. next years. Um, Erdo has already a, a position in, in second-line uh, treatment after platin based chemotherapy. Um, do you think, according to these results, where do, you, where do you think ERDA can be positioned right now in our clinical mm-hmm. practice?
1: So I think ERDA is definitely worth using in patients with FGF altered tumors who've had prior treatment for their urethelial carcinoma. Mm-hmm. We have the data from the Thor clinical trial showing proof of concept that in the cohort of patients with prior immunotherapy, we see evidence of significant clinical benefit. And the phase two trial, which resulted in accelerated approval in the US, was designed during the time when there was not approval mm-hmm. of immune checkpoint inhibitors, also showing clinical utility in patients who had prior chemotherapy. So at the moment, I would base it upon a patient's clinical need. Mm-hmm. If they've had prior treatment for their urothelial cancer, and especially if they needed a treatment that cytoreduces their tumor where response is needed, that's quite attractive to use ertetinib with objective response rates that were observed in a similar frequency in visceral metastases versus lymph node metastases, mm-hmm. which is also a space yeah. where immune yeah. checkpoint inhibitors. Have not, not shown as field. much clinical utility, especially in those visceral liver metastases. Those have responded quite poorly to an immune checkpoint inhibitor.
0: I agree. Uh, in the in in the study, uh, 70% of the patient already received uh, two lines of treatments. Mm-hmm. So, meaning 30% received only one line. Um, do you think we can we can directly go to after first line a uh, first line treatment with arda
1: I think it depends, again, on the patient need. You know, while we now have that clinical benefit in the post-immune checkpoint-treated cohort of patients, we don't yet know the outcomes in the group of patients who had not received an immune checkpoint inhibitor. And I can say if I have a patient whose disease is on fire, rapidly progressing, causing symptoms... That's when I am more likely to reach for a cytoreductive agent or an agent that induces response medication like Erdifitinib.
0: Great. Thank you very much for your time Mm -hmm. and um, hope to see you soon.
1: It's my pleasure.